podcasting live from the 614 and the 858, the capital of the 17th state and America's finest city. This is another edition of the Robin Mob Show, a sports podcast with a little bit of attitude. And now your hosts, Rob Havner and Jeremy Lynch. Good evening, and welcome once again, my friends, along with my erstwhile tag team compatriot, fellow Capricorn, Jeremy Lynch. I'm merely Rob Havner, and you are listening to the Rob Mob Show, the only show on the World Wide Web, making haters play the back while we stay up front like handicapped parking. Give me a second here, folks. I need to get a sip of my tasty beverage. Good evening. <laughs> so so for all you listening out there this is what happens when there's operator error on the board that would be me and rob has been pre-gaming watching the olympics with his beautiful executive producer of the show and midwest coast baby midwest i tell him i'll call him back and it's at least 15 more minutes and um you know it's it's we're on the way to vip sunday well actually we're not because uh, yeah. <laughs> we can't do that Welcome to the the Olympics just started, and yes, I have officially bought every Nike product except Golf Club's edition of the Robin Mob Show, and I'll explain that later. <laughs> How are the ladies doing with you? I know you had a rough week this week out there. Um, it's up to you if you want to explain that to everybody, but other than that, how how's everything out there with you? Um, we're hanging in there. Um... We had a we had a tough week for sure. Um, a rescue dog that we recently got in September uh, suddenly became ill, and we couldn't figure out the source of the um, internal bleeding. And without a extremely expensive uh, surgery, um, we weren't able to figure out what was going on. So. We had to put her down on Thursday night, and so we had a tough week. But other than that, you know, we're recovering, going through the typical morning period, and um, um, looking forward to producing the Robin Mob Show. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'll explain the cryptic little I have bought everything Nike thing. Um, We picked up my new glasses yesterday. I have Nike frame. I, I, I do as well. So, just to recap, socks, check, shoes, flip-flops, club head covers, golf balls, wristbands, hats, t-shirts, base layer t-shirts, sanitary, headband, fit straps, you remember those, don't act like you know, on the shoes (laughs) where they had the team fit straps, fit straps, gym bag, Yes, and, and now I prescription glasses frame, uh, in addition to other pants, shirts, and all that kind of stuff. So everything, every type of shoe that I've ever had, running, cross-training, basketball, softball, golf. <laughs> I have maxed out. Unless there's a Nike shot glass I don't have. <laughs> we, we can arrange that. <laughs> <laughs> we can arrange that. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm good with logos. I'm good with logos. <laughs> I've, I've seen that somewhere before. Um, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, so, last time we were with you, we were celebrating 10 years. And it's funny enough that our second show we ever did, one of the first things we talked about on that second edition of the Rob Bob show all those years ago was the Patriots losing a Super Bowl. Well, I'll be damned. Um, you know what the funniest part of, of last week's show was? We forgot to do our predictions when we pushed it back to the D block. We went right into some serious <laughs> matters, and then we went into you know thing, all things 10-year related and, and the look back, and uh, we forgot to give our predictions. But I'm sure both you know you and I would have both picked the Eagles because we had to. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and we'll get. I got a little. I got a. Uh, you were you were between a rock and a hard place, right? Because I'm sick of the Patriots and the Eagles are in my division, right? So, uh, my supervisor Darren is a Raiders fan, and he was pulling for the Eagles, and he said you should be happy for the Eagles, and I said, would you be happy for the Broncos? Are you happy for the Broncos when they win the Super Bowl? Shut the hell up with that. Um, I I am so impressed. With Doug Peterson, um, you he kind of kept them really, really focused. And one of the things that, that I heard those guys saying over the course of the week was that he didn't say, oh, we're taking on the – he was just like, they're a faceless we do to beat this face. I don't give a damn who the quarterback is. I don't give a damn who the head coach is. I don't care that all their coordinators are getting head coaches or not. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, I think that how we handled it was great. Um, we had history made. Um, LeGarrette Blunt and Chris Long, who were Patriots last year, won Super Bowl this year. I cannot who did that. Uh, Ken Norton won, is still the only player in league history to win three straight Super Bowls. And the only one to do so on two different franchises. And then Dion already with the Cowboys. Um, Herb Adderley won on different uh, Charles. But anyway, uh, it was it was a great unless you are a fan of defensive football. Um and for all the Super Bowl parties that were going on, I'm sure nobody wanted to watch us, uh, you know, a 10-6 game. So, you know, it, it added some entertainment. Um, uh, entertainment value you high. Exactly, you know? exactly. Uh, I mean, the fact that, that Brady threw for what he did and lost is mind-boggling. I mean, four and change and no picks? Right. One sack in the game, one punt. Um, I look to me, the NFC East becomes the first division in the NFL to have all of its members have won at least one Super Bowl. So I, I guess that's kind of cool. Yes. Um, you have Bill Belichick joins Tom Landry, a tie with Tom Landry and. Uh, Don Shula, maybe, with three losses as a head coach in the Super Bowl? Um, I mean, nobody's caught. Bud Grant and uh, 
Dan Bud Grant Dan Reeves and I can't remember this. Marv Levy, all with four losses of head coaches. So we've we you know, that's the record. A lot of things. It's the most offense in an NFL game since nineteen fifty. Crazy. That was crazy when I saw that. Um I I just and then of course the the parade in Philadelphia. How about Chris Long with the man fur? <laughs> <laughs> PETA doesn't like it strong. Uh, <laughs> just, I, he doesn't it's, care it's, what PETA thinks strong. Right. right. Uh, and Chris Long. Um, and so so I, that was well, premeditated. I don't care what's happening. If we win, I'm wearing a former animal's skin on my back for the parade. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have decided that I'm... Uh, he can be on... Because, not because of his greatness at football, but he he donated his 2017 salary to charity. Yeah. So, um, he Chris donated Long, his entire salary of for the 2017. He played for free. He's got a water thing that he does in Africa. Wow. That he's he's he, all that money that he gave to Charlottesville in the wake of of the hate crime violence uh, there. Tremendous dude. And it, it's funny because the only other guy that gave away that amount of money this year on that team was Carson Wentz. In week two, when they were playing the Giants, or week three when they played the Giants at the link, uh, their kicker went out to attempt that 61-yard field goal for the win at the gun that was good. And Wentz has mic'd up. And NFL Films has him on the sideline standing next to uh, – to Foles. And he says, oh, come on, kids, you got to make it. And he turns and he says, hey, Nick, if he makes it, I'm giving him my game check. And he made it. And you damn well better believe Carson Wentz gave him his game check. Okay, so speaking of giving away money, I think I, I should talk about my namesake, John Lynch, um, giving away $137.5 million to Jimmy GQ, for the 49ers after he brought them back from the dead to what five wins? Um, he's this- seven and seven and as a starter. I, I let's get into this because I look every time somebody gets a big contract like that. Um, remember when Emmett Smith missed the first two weeks of the 1993 season and he got his, he got a $13 million contract and at the press conference, Jerry Jones looked like uh, somebody was kicking him in the nut and he was being robbed of $13 million. And the first thing he says is there are no, there are no winners here. And then seven weeks later in the exact same room at Texas stadium, they announced the uh, $50 million contract extension with 13 million guaranteed. And it was like a birthday party with uh Hall of Fame Saturday lap dances or something. And so I always am struck by that. And here's what I came up with. It is the most. He's due $90 million in the first three seasons. Yeah, 42.6 in the first, isn't it? Right. It's uh, $74 million is allegedly guaranteed and $90 million in the first three seasons. Stafford, who and I posted this on Facebook, and we went 
crazy on it. My guys at the barbershop said so many bad things and used so much foul language. Even Richard Pryor was like, bruh. <laughs> um, <laughs> Stafford got $92 million guaranteed in his extension. Um, I, it's, it's, so, but this it's, is bad for everybody involved. I mean, except for Garoppolo. And not really. No, but you're pushing – come on, dude. This is a backup. I mean, I know he won five games with the 49ers. But, I mean, well, actually, it's not a bad thing for Cousins. It's not a bad thing for anybody who's ever been a backup who wins a – Foles. Foles is going to get paid. I mean, all of these backups that do something in the midst of an injury or, you know, they get an opportunity knowing that they're not going to be the starter no matter what they do, they're all going to get paid. I mean, the the, the bar for salaries for – you know, quarterbacks who have been waiting in the wings or, you know, never got the opportunity has gone through the roof now. Yeah, but I'm going to, I'm not because I'm trying to do this. You listen to the Rob Mob show, listen half by coastal. Um, I'm not trying to be contrarian and I'm, cause I'm not typically this dude and you know me and um, we've seen this before. We saw this. Remember when Marino got hurt and uh, DeBerk got hurt, and then Scott Mitchell did things, and then he got a bunch of money, put on a bunch of weight, and washed out. Buffet, buffet this, line, dude. Right. Dim sum uh, for all my men. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Can't get quality dim sum in Detroit. What's wrong with you? Um, <laughs> dude. <laughs> Asians are making their way north. <laughs> hey, hey, staying out of it. Um, but you know what I'm talking about. You, you have to be wise with your money. There's a piece on SI.com that I saw when I was typing up the rundown that this is going to be a bargain sooner rather than later because here's what's going to happen. Bargain. Think, of, think about who, who's due one last uh, – who's due contract extensions – or at least for a few more years in the next two or three seasons. Roethlisberger, two rings. Rodgers, one ring. Ray Plysberger, uh, man, but that's fine. Uh, well, <laughs> uh, he's recovering. Ben- Benjamin Grande. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Sierra's husband. I'm sorry, Russell Wilson, championship. Um, right, but hold on, hold on. Before you get into these other guys, the guy that he left, the guy that Garoppolo was playing behind, makes half as much as Garoppolo now. Yeah, but here's the thing. It's not about that with, with TB12 because TB12 knows that he's, he's a guy, and you and I have had this conversation when we used to hang out at King Avenue 5 all the time about how the Magics, the Birds, uh, the Jordans, the guys at the top of the, of the food chain in most leagues never make their, their total real everyday value to the enterprise dollars, at least in their sport. And Brady's that same way. So what's, what's Brady's cap number is what's 11? It's, it's, it's shockingly low. 14. Okay. So it's 14. 
And it's it's low for the greatest quarterback of all time. No, it is. But what are the 49ers going to do with – I mean, how are they going to build a team around Garoppolo that's ready to win? Okay, okay I can answer that question. They, even with this ginormous, gigantic, oh my effing God contract they just gave out, they still have $78 million under the cap to spend. That means they have nobody on the team and they need to spend it all in a lot of places. Well, no. It means you have to, they have to spend to the floor. They don't necessarily have to go to the ceiling. No, they're you're right. But, but, but look at the guys who went, and, and I don't mean to like defend some of these guys. I mean, But Manning took a pay cut in Denver so that they could still have the defense they needed to you know, win a championship, even though he was limited in what he could do. Um, you know, Brady's obviously been taking a pay cut forever if he's only making 11 to 14. I mean, some of these guys take pay cuts so that their team can be built up enough so that they are they don't have holes in right. it. Right, right. And, and you and I have had that conversation on a number of fronts and a number of sports. And my whole thing is, if baseball is the only sport where this would be a problem, if Tom Brady played baseball, and rather than do what A-Rod did, which was have his agent grab an owner by the testicles and squeeze until he got every red cent he could get three different times, by the way, um, up to and including so much money that after the, the Yankees essentially released him and he cleared waivers, they were still paying him last year when he was on TV. But I digress. Um, you... There's so baseball won't let you do it. Like if I were a free agent, okay, let's just I'm just gonna do it. If I were a free agent and I was a baseball player and I was playing for the Yankees and I went into Cashman's office with you as my agent and we said, Look, I know we have the deepest pockets in the game. I think fair market value for me I know the fair market value for me is, you know, somewhere near Bryce Harper money. Let's just say I was that good. I'm not going to strap the franchise to that. How about we do five for two, five for two fifty. Everybody's happy. Twenty five million dollars a year. My lovely wife would certainly enjoy that. Um, the dogs eating high end food. We good. And as soon as that hit the newswire, the players' union was finding guys for not trying to gouge when Fear was the players' union leader. So I think there's something to be said for a little restraint, but I, I think at some point the money's out of control anyway. Because every time this comes up, I think about the Aikman thing from when he signed in '93, and I said this to uh, the Midwest Coast DP. I think the day that I posted that on Facebook, uh, the thing to to the article about Garoppolo's deal was um, – when Troy Aikman got drafted in 1989 by the Dallas Cowboys, he signed what was then at that time, the richest rookie deal in the history of pro football. It was five years and $11.2 million. And it seemed like it was the end of the world for people. My father F bombed it for 20 minutes. How in this kid? He, he hasn't even played. Hadn't even been to training camp. And he went, Oh, 11 is a rookie. And dad came into my room once and was like, how's that $11 million doing? And three years later, 
He won a Super Bowl. All right. Well, I'm going to take the last point on this because it's 20 minutes in and we got to move on to a couple other things. But Nick Foles just won a Super Bowl title with the Eagles. So the quarterback position isn't that important. That being said, let's move on to Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's uh, let's go on to somebody else with the Patriots who wasn't making nearly as the amount of money that we were talking about and was about to jump ship and go over to the Colts, and he just decided, I'm going to renew the rivalry. And we're talking about a Josh McDaniels who said, oh, I want to be mentored by Belichick, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, the, the witch of the NFL pulled some puppet strings and – pulled his guy back so that he didn't lose both coordinators. Your thoughts? Um, I think they know something. I think... About luck? Um, well, no. I think there's something... I think Kraft and Belichick know that Belichick's not going to be there forever. So they're going to groom they They're going to groom McDaniels to take over as coach so they don't have to go searching for somebody? Right. And I think... The only bad thing with that is, and I think because he can, Kraft will just, he'll call the league office and go, look, we're setting this in place now. Um, I'm not going to um, denigrate the Rooney rule by just bringing in a minority candidate, even though I know I want to hire Josh to replace Bill. And he'll pay the, he'll quietly pay the fine. Um, and I, I'm okay with that if this is the way you want to do it, but if, if McDaniel gets another offer and you just hire the nearest white guy and you don't go by the Rooney Rule thing, the Rooney Rule the, the Rooney Rule needs to go away. Okay, there are other ways to make sure that we're you know taking hey, care. Hey, hey. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. I am all for <laughs> minorities getting an opportunity. Do not miss. Misinterpret what I'm saying here. Okay. Oh, what is it? I, I know. I, My no, boy no, no. Rob I'm, Havner is said minority. Okay. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not saying that. That's not what I was talking about. I mean, we need I to kinda... re, re. Okay, because look what the Raiders did. Chucky got hired. I mean, that was a joke. Come on. We all knew that Chucky was the guy for the Davises. I mean, there's no way that Mark Davis wasn't going to hire Chucky. So why are we even messing around with? Oh, I interviewed T. Martin and I interviewed, you know, this other African American. It's like, no, you didn't. Okay, that that was a that was a phone call that you said, hey, are you interested? Was, I'll right. get back to you. It was a. It was a cursory phone call. Exactly. I, and I, I, I agree, but I think the spirit of the Rooney Rule is you have to look no further than Pittsburgh. When they interviewed Mike Tomlin, he leaves the, he comes in, and it's a two-hour interview, and when he leaves, everybody for the Steelers organization turns and says, well, what do you think, sir? And Mr. Rooney goes, nobody let him leave higher that dude. Because he, I guess... His presentation is it's legendary now. Um, but McDaniel staying opens the door for something that came across the wires about, it's, I guess it's been three hours now, um, Philadelphia Eagles offensive coordinator Frank Reich will slide in on a five-year deal in Indianapolis to become the Colts' next head coach. Um, Frank Reich, and this is what I was talking about when we were uh, having some technical problems earlier before we started the show, Frank Reich lost four Super Bowls to Jim Kelly's backup, and he finally got a Super Bowl ring. So I was really happy for Frank Reich. Frank Reich, on my 20th birthday, led the Lazarus-style roll the stone back back from the dead, 
41-38 comeback for the Bills. Um, and Frank Reich was at the University of Maryland and led the 31-30, down 30 to nothing. We beat the defending champion Hurricanes in the Orange Bowl when he was at Maryland in 1984. So Frank Reich is, is, the, is the, the coach in, in, in Indianapolis, and hopefully he'll have Andrew Luck. Yep. Um, I just think it was Bush League to go the way about the. I mean, you were oh, going. You, you were you were going to go to the conference and then a press conference, and then all of a sudden, you're like, you know what, I'm out. And it was just like, dude, you, you, don't let them schedule the presser if you're gonna, you know, have cold feet. Right. If, if you got cold feet. One last thing before we close the book on the NFL season. What is the one thing about the Chargers? You got any Chargers comments about this past season you want to get off your chest? Yeah, it's time to move on from Philip Rivers. Okay, I will give you my Cowboys comment. Stop hanging the quarterback out to dry. That's, that's all I'm saying. You know exactly what I'm talking about? I do. Uh, you know. And I, right. I only say that about Rivers is because, you know what, he's never won a thing. He, you know, he puts up crazy stats. Sell him while you can. Get something for him. And, you know, make the team better. I mean, I know you know, Cardale Jones <laughs> – ain't playing school anymore but he ain't playing backup quarterback either so let's uh let's get so, let's get a real uh, somebody under center and uh, uh Rivers is the second best quarterback you've ever had in san diego and the first one was damp out and you know this man that's all i'm saying <laughs> and he's old and his arm strength is terrible all right, so that's that's, dis- that's disappointing to talk about Philip Ratway because Dan can still <laughs> I'm just, walk I'm in just and play. saying, Dan's <laughs> arm strength is probably better than Philip right now. <laughs> We're gonna take our first time out. You're listening to the I've spent too much money on Nike products edition <laughs> of the Rob and Mob Show. If Lynch and have, we're coming right back. Don't buy any shirts. <laughs> <laughs> I never get the flu. My kids don't need more shots. I don't have time. We're all healthy. My asthma's under control. I'm pregnant. I've had the flu. It's not a big deal. My kids are too old for flu. The media is exaggerated. I can fight it naturally. No matter how you build your excuses, the flu can blow your house down. Keep your foundation strong. Vaccinate. Learn more at flu.gov. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Oh, man. <laughs> Welcome back to the Robin Mob Show. He's Rob Havner. I'm Jeremy Lynch. Um, it is the I Have Nike Underwear On edition <laughs> of the Robin Mob Show. Um, let's talk. Speaking of, speaking of Nike, when, when are the feds coming down on them? Oh, actually, no, no, no. That's a different, that's a different discussion. Uh, college hoops. Um, different two companies. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Yeah, but you know they're in the crosshairs eventually. Um, Nova's Nike, Virginia's Nike, uh, Purdue is Nike. Or did they move? Oh, wow! <laughs> don't weak at the no. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. That's the rundown. Um, <laughs> weak at the sixes in Adidas school. <laughs> no, that's right. That's right. That's why they're in so much trouble. Um, all right. So as we get closer to March. The more we see, the more we wonder, is anyone what good? What the hell, dude? Yeah, exactly. Nova Nova and Virginia both lose at home. And Nova lost to St. John's, mind you. Who just beat Duke. So St. John's having a good eight-day run. 0-11 in conference. 
and then they go Big East, right? They go out of conference for a game, beat beat Nova. Or no, 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 they, no they I'm beat, sorry, that's the conference. That was their first. They beat right. Duke out of conference. Um, and so all of a sudden the Johnnies go from, you know, is, is Chris Mullen going to survive to we just went 1-4 back-to-back. And then Virginia loses, what, in overtime to Tech? Yeah, and it's the first time in the common poll era, which encompasses my mother's entire lifetime, so from 1948, the 48-49 season, to the present moment we live in, that the number one and number two teams both lost at home in the same week. Feel wow. free to discuss. <laughs> Not only that, I bring the heat. Per, I bring the heat for you. Per, I appreciate. I appreciate. Uh, Perdant lost twice this week. One to Ohio State, which now, as per my rant on the bracketology in the previous show, here we go. Um, this doesn't mean that brackets was right. Okay, this means that Ohio State is now better positioned. And the bracket preview came out for, per the NCAA. Ohio State is a four, right? Even he, beating, he, even I, after beating Perdon. He had him this morning when I saw Sports Center this morning after I let the dogs out, uh, four a.m. local on the West Coast. Um, he has him as a three in the East with with Villanova as the one. So and the, and the tournament production—I uh, I don't know if it was actually from the committee, but they had Ohio State as a four in the East with Nova. So they would get them. They would get them around earlier. Yeah, well, if the seats hold, they'd get them in the in the Sweet Sixteen instead of the eight. That's right. Right. I, I for the life of me, look. I'm going to say this out loud <laughs> because I've been saying this. Look, a full disclosure here from, from your boy, Robin Mob Show, uh, looking at my little dog, Joey, laying across my lovely wife's lap, and he's the happiest little dude in the world. Um, I've seen about 21 minutes of Ohio State basketball game time, not real-time people, the entire season. We watched the last seven minutes or so of the second half last Sunday against Illinois from the sewing center. Glossary term. The singer. And then, oh, the singer center. My bad. Glossary term. I was there with you for that. Yes, you did were. We go, That's what we named did it. We, did we go drink beers after that? Yes, we did. I'm pretty sure we did. Because and you can't do it watched, there. <laughs> right. Well, you can now. You can now. You couldn't but, then. Okay. And uh, Tammy and I were, were watching something uh, Tuesday night or whatever. Wednesday night, we finished watching whatever we watched on the DVR. And... I said, what's the game score? And she goes, they're down like four now. And we watched the end of the game on the Big Ten Network, or as we call it, the Big Ten Money Grab. Uh, Jim Delaney, thank you. Um, Are they still running Vo- like, uh, Velveeta and, and Rotel ads? Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, just last checking. night we went out, our, our good friend Tom Cicchetti's birthday's today, and uh, TC's wife had us all meet him out at uh, the Crazy Mule here in Columbus, and we were having a couple of beats. Uh, adult beverages, and they had the Big Ten Network on in the bar showing the Penn State versus Iowa men's dual wrestling meet on a large screen high definition TV in a bar. 
Well, and there was Olympic <laughs> stuff on, and there was college basketball on, and I was like, dude, I would rather watch my stepson and his buddies play cars. I haven't seen high uh, definition undercarriage <laughs> like that in quite a while. Oh, oh. Anyway, oh, oh. Back oh. to uh, so I have you got to pay you got to pay double for that in <laughs> Vegas, Cotton. I have. <laughs> I Ohio State won a national championship recently in, in wrestling, so you know we got up close and personal with that team. Um, the I have seen more than twenty-one game minutes of this team, and I still don't understand how they are twenty-three and five alone at the top of this conference, no matter if it's up or down, and have a chance to win out. I, I don't understand. Well, here's the bad news, because Jim Delaney decided to go for the money grab. They started the Big Ten conference schedule the week after Christmas, because they're playing the Big Ten tournament in Madison. I think it was even before then. Didn't they go Uh, Whiskey, Michigan, like right after the the Clemson, the ACC Challenge? Maybe. But it, the the long and the short of it is they're going to be off a full week yes. before Selection Sunday. Yes, absolutely. So they used to be the last game. Right. Now they're going to be like, everybody's going to be like, oh, didn't you play at the same time as the SWAC? Oh, see, that's disrespectful to the SWAC. Right. And you stole my joke because I was going to say MEAC. But anyway. Well, I, <laughs> I said MEAC a couple <laughs> weeks ago, so... <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> um, I, We've been doing the show too long because exactly. he's already stealing my jokes. It's like my wife; she stole my jokes. Exactly, it, you know, same one brain, um, <laughs> right? Especially when we drink half a brain. Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, anyway, <laughs> so you asked me and, a question in the middle of the week: Is it Nova and everyone else? And I said, "Ask the Johnnies." <laughs> oh. Oh. And I mean, think about hey, it. He, Week at the six, my favorite coach of all time, <laughs> are getting. I mean, are getting Three. housed by the Waco and friends. Oh, what? Sixteen I, I, on I the road. I. They're losing I multiple games at home. The fog isn't what it used to be. I just don't think they're that good this year. I agree. I mean, Week at the Six said it himself. He said, we are soft and we're too young. And it's like, well, when you get a bunch of one and duns and then the feds come down on you, <laughs> that's what happens. Ask, ask Calipari who lost three games in a row for the first time ever. At Kentucky. Exactly. Um, he doesn't have the same level of talent he's had the last few years. Money's hard um, to come by these days, brother. Oh, uh, See. Why don't they just call oh. Sutton and say, dude, I got a vanilla envelope that I need filled? Oh, see, come on. <laughs> <laughs> That's just wrong. All right, he's Rob Havner. I'm Jeremy Lance. I may be wrong, <laughs> but whatever. Uh, it's the Robin Mob you, Show. You may be right. <laughs> I may be right. Well, I want to know I, your take on who's good. I is is don't anybody know. good? <laughs> I don't know. But here's what I do know. Vegas is going to be this. ridiculous this year. Right. Uh, McCoy can't wait. He said as much on Facebook, on my Facebook page. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he'll be there. Yeah, he will. Yeah, he will. Um, you know, where, where's this. he staying? Do you know where he's staying this year? Uh, he told me, okay. and 
he stays in the same place all the time. It's north of the strip. It's, he showed me a picture of the place. The place is fantastic. And apparently it's cheap as balls. Um, so I, I will give you that information. Okay. Um, here's what I do know. The first weekend of the tournament is going to be nuts. Like cataclysmic, seismic, heart attack. Heart stopping fun nut. Yeah. But like like every other tournament, it will settle down and when we get to where is the final four this year? <laughs> that's, a great, that's a great question. Is it San Antonio? It sounds good. <laughs> I'm almost positive it's you it's San Antonio this year. When you when we get to the eight and the four, it'll still be name brand schools, and then we get to the final four. We're we're good. You and I will do a show on Selection Sunday and be like, "How the hell are the or, or on?" It is. Final it is San Court. Antonio. Wow, I pulled that out of my. Room. Well done. Thank you. The host school UTSA, uh, the University of Texas San Antonio. Their mascot is in fact the Roadrunners. Um, Strong. Because I'm because I'm that good. Yes. Uh, I we're gonna get to a point. We'll do we'll. Selection, well, yeah, we'll do Selection Sunday show, and then we'll do a show after the after the the Elite Eight, and we'll we'll ask each other those following questions: How the hell did these four teams get to the final? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. I mean, look, everything outside of the one sixteen is fair game, right? Everybody can beat anybody, and all I know for sure is Villanova is going to be the overall one because. Apparently they've showed the most. Carolina beat Duke on Thursday, and going into that game, they made a big deal about it. in the last hundred games that were separated by two points. Each team had won fifty. Um, the numbers even go deeper than that. Duke's shooting percentage is forty-six percent. Carolina's is forty-eight. Um, as ranked teams. Uh, Coach K against Coach Smith, there were 26 games. It was a 13-all split. So all these kind of things. I don't know if Duke is any good, but the Marvin Bagley kid, he's nasty. Yeah, he is. Um, Did he go out with an injury? Yeah, he sat out today. He's got a mild sprain in his right knee. Um, K held him out um, just for safety precaution purposes because there are they've got – they finish up with Carolina in about a, in three weeks, and um, they've still got some things they need to do. Uh, they're playing their conference tournament in Brooklyn again uh, because the ACC doesn't have enough money. Well, apparently. I got a question for you about Duke. How do you spell or how do you, how do you pronounce Shashevsky backwards? Stink Matador. <laughs> Oh, their defense is oh, so man. bad this year. So bad. It's like there's if they don't fix that and maybe if they're just too young and they don't understand that they're playing against grown men now that they're not in high school anymore. But if they don't fix that, there's no way they're getting to the 16. We're going to have another, you know, um, shoot. Who they lose to in the the 215 game uh, a couple years ago? <laughs> who was that? That was the Bucknell, best. Bucknell, baby. Yeah, was it Bucknell? Buck it was Bucknell. And that my boy lost 1100, 1100 on a money line bet on Duke to win a hundred. <laughs> well, guy disappeared. Looked like he had lost his his life. 
Well, that's damn near a house payment. Uh, I don't, I don't have the kind of juice to just be messing around with. Um, I, I just, Not this many is do. one of those, this is one of those years. This tournament reminds me a lot of, uh, 2006 when, uh, but the difference is UConn was such a prohibitive favorite. Um, that when UConn got knocked out by George Mason and George Mason got to the final four and then got, uh, who George Mason lost to, oh man, I can see it. Cause Florida beat UCLA to death. Um, and Florida wins the title. You're just like, okay, that was cool to have George Mason in the final or in the final four, but let's not do that again. It's going to be one of those. It'll be my prediction for the Final Four: three name brand schools and an interloper. Um, I just haven't figured out who the interloper will be. Um, Duke's problem, as I see it, at least, they they lost to Florida. The thing, George Mason lost to Florida. Okay, yeah, and it, um, UCLA got curb stomped by. It, you know, George Mason beat Sparty, North Carolina, Wichita mm-hmm. State, UConn, and UConn. Yeah, to get to the oh my gosh! Yeah, that's fantastic. Any anybody else? No, I didn't just think us. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I I it's my thing is I saw an article last week. Is this year Gonzaga wins the thing? Well, Gonzaga, what they had, they split with St. Mary's. They lost to San Diego State, who's terrible. Um, you know, they they did a bunch at the beginning of the year. I think they they kind of peaked early, kind of like what happens to fused teams most of the time, um, because you know they have to go into a big tournament to play anybody because nobody wants to play Gonzaga anymore uh, in the non-conference because they're you know really good and nobody wants that early loss. Um, but then they get into the West Coast Conference and it's garbage other than St. Mary's. So, you know, maybe. I mean, it could be somebody like Gonzaga. I don't think it's Gonzaga, though, from from watching them, you know, out here in the West Coast when you guys have all gone to bed, um, you know, there in the East. So um, I, I don't – I would not be surprised if we had a year where there were two double-digit seeds get to the dance, the big – the Final Four. I'm not saying it'll happen this year, but we're getting close because parity. I mean, you need five guys, maybe less. You could do it with three guys and some scrubs. Look what Ohio State's doing. <laughs> do they, how many guys do they even have? I think they have ten scholar, maybe nine scholarship. I what if he's not coach of the year? Who the hell is? I don't know. They they were saying who's the coach at uh, Clemson. Oh yeah, I don't know. It's Clemson winning Chapel Hill. Won. Yeah, I know, Ever. but there are there are four in the yeah. RPI, and they beat Ohio State. Just saying. Um. Well. Okay, but. Um, you could yeah. go Texas Tech too. I mean, they came out of nowhere, uh, kind of. Uh, but <laughs> what, what Ohio State was? I mean, they were. I mean, they were picked. You know, bottom two or three in the Big Ten. Dead at 11th out of 14 feet. Something crazy, yeah. Anyway, uh, it'll be interesting, you know, in a couple weeks when we do um, 
our second to last. Predictions guaranteed to not make you any money. Exactly. <laughs> Entertainment purposes only. Purposes only. That's the next shirt. Entertainment purposes only. <laughs> Perfect. That's right. When we come back, we'll talk about pay for play. Uh, the Cavs do wholesale changes. Kerr gets does something historic, and uh, we'll do some real or fronting. Stick and stay at the Robin and Mob Show. Diet and exercise are never easy. Then again, neither is dying. Sadly, type 2 diabetes, heart disease, and stroke kill nearly a million people a year. Most of these deaths could be prevented. Please, talk to your doctor about your risk for diabetes and heart disease. And if your doctor recommends lifestyle changes or medication, listen. The reason so many die is because not enough are willing to change. You can stop it, starting right now. It's your life. Listen to your doctor. Eat better. Get moving. <laughs> Welcome back to the Robin Hood Show. We should have bi-coastal Sunday evening silence. Um... Hope you're enjoying what's left of your weekend. Yes. A couple hours here, not much there. None here, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Late night because of the technical issues. <laughs> you working tomorrow? You know this. Yeah, yeah. At your, at your day job? Right. You, what's that line from that movie, Dave, with uh, Kevin Klein, that the guy who impersonates the president? Everybody works on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's funny, not here, not in Cali. They, it, I'm telling you, the traffic on Monday and Friday is fine. But on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and actually it's weird too because it's like Tuesday and Thursday are the worst because everybody's working. It's almost like they scheduled the college classes, right? The Tuesday, Thursday. I'll work Tuesday after calling in sick Monday. I leave for a three-day weekend on a Friday. And then on hump day, I'm kind of sick. I'm not feeling great. But I'll be there Tuesday, Thursday. <laughs> Wow. No, it's it's crazy. I mean, you can judge how many people are going to work by how long it takes to get to work. <laughs> we left our house because we only have one car. And Tammy drove me to work on Wednesday in the snow. We left here about 7.30. I had to work about 9.15. And we're... What? 11. Yeah. Wow. Yep. You guys are just outside 270, right? Yep. <laughs> and, they, and, and you're going was, you're going to Grandview? Yeah. Hour and 45. Hour 45. And she turned around. I got out of the car and then she came back up cuz she works 5 minutes. See, I don't understand. House. I don't understand that because you got you ain't got no mountains. You ain't got no ocean. You can go the side streets. <laughs> you can't run. You don't run into something that says turn back. <laughs> right. I like I, here. I felt terrible. <laughs> right. I felt terrible about it because when we were driving in, um, 
for those of you familiar with Columbus and Jason, you live here, you are. We were on um, Campus View before it turns into a Worthington Galena. And um, so we're, so we turn, turns into Worthington Woods or whatever. And we're, we get over the bridge and we're at uh, Sankus and Campus View. And there's a, the southbound uh, bus that I take when I ride the bus in on Monday, uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Friday, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday is, you know, at the light about to turn and head east towards High Street. And she looks at me and goes, I wonder if the bus would get you to work faster than I would. And I'm thinking it probably would have in hindsight, but... He's Rob Habner. I'm Jeremy Lynch. Lynch, you're you're listening to the NBA block on the Rob Habner right. show. Um, well, let's get well, let's, let me, let's just get it started. For those of you who may have been, you know, in jail or not caring, kind of like me, um, the Cavs blew up their roster. Um, the failed Isaiah Thomas experiment ended up with him with my Lakers, and them getting Larnius Jr. and Jordan Clarkson. It's just and, a pit stop with the Lakers. Right. And then, yeah, because they're not keeping him long term because apparently their answer is spend all their money in free agency. Is the Lithuania oh. brothers. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> and then, of course, Cleveland, with their first game with all the new pieces, goes into Boston and wins by like 170 today. No, it's, it's uh. more than a few pieces. I mean, they, they, they <laughs> overhauled. The whole, I mean, who'd they get from the Lakers? They got, um, Nance Jr. and Clarkson. That's right. And then they got, they, they got rid of Wade and they got rid of Rose. Um, so they got Clarkson, Hill, Hood, and Nance Jr. They got rid of Crowder, Thomas, Wade, Rose, somebody else. Um, but Jim Tomey and Bernie Kosar. Right. I mean, it's it's mind-boggling. Like, I don't. I mean, what do they do? What what was the purpose of that? Are they really trying to save LeBron because he's gone, or are they trying to get a team together, knowing that he is gone and they they don't want to be you know left with nothing? Oh, they have nothing. I mean, they have Brooklyn's pick, which you know, and this draft could net you Marvin Bagley. And even if you don't get him, Bates Diop. <laughs> I didn't even know he could ball. <laughs> Dude, he's crazy. <laughs> They're talking about him in like a lottery pick. He's played himself up the draft board. Oh, big time! He was off the radar, and all of a sudden, he's a huge shiny blip. Huge shiny blip. <laughs> it's getting closer Wrong to the center. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, speaking of, of, of shiny blips, uh, Steve Kerr suddenly is the fastest in NBA history to 250 wins. He is, in fact. Is this a product of his coaching or the players they put in front of him to, to coach? Yes and yes. Combo of both, yeah. Um, Kerr did it in with 302 games. 
Which makes but him. Walton went crazy while coaching the Spur. I mean, the 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 Dubs. While Kerr was out with back problems. Right, but it counts. He did it in, yeah, in three hundred and two games. So after last night, Kerr's career record as the head coach is two hundred and fifty and fifty two. That, that's nuts. That's 17 losses, nine losses. <laughs> like, <laughs> for real. And the, the bitch about the nine loss season is they lost more in the playoffs yeah. than they did the whole regular season. And um, it kind of reminded me of uh, now that I've had some time to process them going 73 and nine and not winning the title. Everybody always turns to me at the barbershop for historical as the historical reference. As they should. What's it look like? The the area of Rob's brain that controls useless knowledge is ridiculously large. Right. Uh, because most of my brain is filled with useless knowledge. <laughs> um, like, and, and the, the closest I could get to was the 89 Lakers. Um, the Kareem's last year uh, in the league, I think they went 64 and 18 and they stopped through the Western conference. Uh, they were undefeated. They swept all the way to the final. And then they ended up having like nine days off before the finals will have started. And Riley didn't want, want him sitting around and instead of letting his veteran group rest, a group that he could trust, they had a mini training camp and Byron popped a hammy magic tweaked a hammy. And in the middle of game two of the 89 NBA finals, magic popped said hammy and then they got swept. And that's how Kareem's career ended on the bad end of a four game sweep to the Detroit Pistons. When they had a chance to make history, if he rushed that roster, who knows what they could have done. I, I think, um, when Pat Riley finally dies, when he sees the face of God, no matter how many good things that he's done, God won't let him in for that. Wow. So I, I, I think if that's Religious not the one affiliation they, blast, <laughs> without, without not talking about one, Eldrick. Right. If that's not the one thing that he regrets professionally, I, I wouldn't let him in either. Um, what's crazy? And I love Pat Riley. What's crazy about Kurt? Not only did he break the mark of Phil Jackson by forty-four games, he's also the fastest in any of the four major American sports to two fifty. Yeah, by a lot. <laughs> Just, but a lot of that is Frank I think Chance, is a bunch, right? Fastest in MLB history, three forty-eight. Don Shula. Right in the the right. NFL, three fifty four, and Dan Bylsma in the NHL for in three ninety six. Not even close in any of these. Now Kerr downplayed the accomplishment in his post game, saying, "I inherited a hell of a team." End quote. Well, that's good that you say that, but you still have to win the game. <laughs> Well, and a lot of people, as good a coach as Phil Jackson is, he was a better manager of egos and personalities. I don't think 
No, I, no, no. I'm sorry. I was reading a quote from Popovich on the the accomplishment. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "Quote: I don't care, and I can tell you that he doesn't care either." End quote. <laughs> so pop. It's awesome. That's why pops the dude. <laughs> exactly. Um. Yeah. It's. I. It's it's a hell of a thing that he's accomplished there, and if they win three in four years, he will have essentially matched Pat Riley, who got three in his first four full seasons as Lakers head coach. But you know he had partial season there in the eighty one eighty two season when he took over after uh, Westhead got fired. So he'll have as many titles in four full seasons as Riley had. So. Um, I don't know. It's, I think as we get to the realer front section, um, we, you know, Boogie Cousins is out and let's just go to realer front Cleveland front, uh, San Antonio real because of Popovich. (laughs) Okay. I'm interested to see where you land on this one and then. Houston. Mm. This is so hard for me because you, like you said a couple weeks ago, you know, any team coached by that man, (laughs) if there's under seven seconds to go, there's a problem. Um, They don't play any defense. I mean, I love them to death on the offensive end, but in the in grown men play defense in the playoffs. I'm gonna say front. Until they prove me other, until, until they prove me wrong, I'm going front. I, my, I'm with you. My whole problem with with uh, Dan Tony is the playoffs is a different animal. You're not playing a different team every night. You're playing the same team, and they don't make any uh, adjustments. Right. And my question is, all of his adjustments get need... get lost in the beard. <laughs> right. My thing is, it was. Chris Paul is notorious. And I said this before. I've said this on our show. I've said this when we've talked about it just on the phone. He's a lot like Rick Barry in the sense that he holds his teammates to such a high standard. If they don't meet his standard, then he gets kind of bitchy about it. Um, I, I I don't know how you win, win it with a guy like that. And a guy, you're, you're, if they get to the conference final, um, if they stay in the two spot, and they get to the conference final against Golden State. Sure, they beat them last week, but if everybody's healthy, Chris Paul's no not going to make through the playoffs healthy. Come on, bro. Right. You know right. this. He'll get to the I, second round, tweak something, and be out. <laughs> <laughs> Am I wrong? You're laughing because it's true. <laughs> I, I'm still trying to figure out if you're the best point guard of your generation why you've never at least made it to the Western Conference Final. Just right. throwing that out there. All right. Um, real or fronting on the Timberwolves? They are right now the four seed in the West. Think about that for a minute. Um, they're an entertaining enterprise. Um I think they're going to be real good uh, if they can figure out a way to get all those guys to stay there. Um, I'm going to say really intriguing. 
<laughs> Hi, how's your crotch? It's on the fence. Um, Bucks. Front. I think the coaching change was enough to give them a little bit of a bump. It's kind of like. Uh, yeah, it was a bump in the wrong direction as far as G Man's considered or concerned. They're like. What are they, like 11 and 3 since they fired Jason Kidd? Uh, they are. Well, no. They're. Well, they're 8 and 2 in their last 10. So. What? But it is the East, so. You gotta take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's Rob Havner. I'm Jeremy Lynch. You listen to the Robin Mob Show. We're talking real or fronting in the NBA. Um, two more before we hit the break. Um, Pelicans without Boogie. Front. Yeah. That's a team that's built. They finally figured out how to do it. And yeah, for him to go for a triple W, 40, 40, 20, and 10. <laughs> no, I mean, he and Boogie. Oh, yeah, together. Boogie Davis and, and Boogie, yeah. At the beginning, they didn't know how to play together. Boogie didn't get, he should do the grimy stuff and let the brow do the defensive stuff and score the points. You're not in Sacramento no more. Yeah. So. All right, last one, 76ers. Currently eight seed in the East. Real scary. With <laughs> a lot of talent, yeah. Well, I mean, right now Toronto is the no, is the one. I, I, I could see the 76ers going up to Canada and, you know, waving the French flag around. <laughs> I, because, look, you know, they do speak, speak French there and they like to quit. Not in Toronto. No, in Canada. Right. In Montreal, Quebec, certainly. Yes. Toronto's hood, bro. Hood. What do you think the NBA... Hood. What do you think... What do you think Toronto Toronto's got the, the cleanest NBA city in the world. The hood. That's awesome. It's, it's Canadian hood, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's what for what passes as hood. Oh. That is the largest... That's the largest concentration of African Canadians is Toronto. That's fantastic. Yeah, well, but, you know, I'm just here for you. Hood. <laughs> On that note, let's talk some golf when we come back. He's Rob Havner. I'm Jeremy Lynch. Jeremy Lynch. Popping the Keep champagne. The fairway, Popping the champagne coming up. It's the Rob Mob Show. <laughs> <laughs> The masquerade party he threw in 1987 is still taking place. He once won a dog show with a werewolf. Zombies have risen just to shake his hand. The only time he feels goosebumps is when he pets geese. Ghosts rearrange his furniture to be more aesthetically pleasing. He'll wear a mask, but he has nothing to hide. The raven quoth him. He is the most interesting man in the world. I don't always drink beer, but when I do, I prefer Dos Equis. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly, imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, New York, New York. Stay thirsty, my friends. 
<laughs> Welcome back to the Robin Mob Show. Chili's on simmer. Got about to pound some champagne. I say one thing about pitchers and catchers, and Rob starts to drop 1961 Bomb. on me. <laughs> Bomb, homie. Yeah. Bronx bomb. Um, you want to go baseball or golf first? <laughs> do, go, do the golf first. Because right. we had a blast with that. We were just sort of kicking it around earlier. <laughs> so a guy that Rob has never heard of won the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. He's, look, he's not lying. I was like, who the hell is this Ted Porter Jr. representing the, the Man Boobs Lefty Association. Um, he is not the founder, obviously, uh, the founder tried to win the tournament and didn't, uh, Phil Mickelson finished T2, um, with DJ Jason Day and somebody else. There were four T2s and they lost to Ted Porter Jr. Who, as, um, somebody on the CBS broadcast said, he's been to hell and back. He broke his ankle in 2015 and basically missed two seasons, uh, for all intents and purposes, um, this guy toiled on the mini tours. In fact, his first year on the web tour, web.com tour, didn't make one cut in like 24 to 27 events, like zero cut, didn't cash a check. Um, did win at the Greenbrier in 2012, but since then hasn't been heard from. And, uh, Guy played, shot 62 at Monterey uh, on Saturday and to get to the lead with DJ and then followed it up with whatever he shot today, which was two under, something like that, and just held off. I mean, nobody actually challenged him. Everyone else was just, um, you know, playing, you know, hockey in the rough. Um, wow. <laughs> So you know it was it was it was cool to see uh, an underdog kind of rise up and and win. But um, you know they interviewed DJ after the round and he said I'm looking forward to going down to Riviera where you know I play well and he's the defending champion. And there's somebody else playing there this week. Uh, I believe his name is Eldrick. <laughs> yes, Yahweh. <laughs> I. You know when you hear Andy North use the phrase "freedom of movement" talking about Tiger Woods, <laughs> you know, um, gluteus anyway. activation, right? Um, freedom I, that, of that excuse never works for me. But is anyway. that commando or is that like just straight boxers? <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't do much of that. <laughs> I just can't. <laughs> you, you could. I, mean, I could. It's but, late. Um, I know it's Lee. No, um, apparently pitchers and catchers are reporting soon. They are. To, um, I think the end of the week. So we're going to get back to that. The Houston Astros will start their defense, uh, preparing to defend their World Series championship. Um, think about the two teams that have won the last two World Series, the Cubs and the Astros, um, both kind of bottomed out. Nobody bottomed out like the Astros. And Sports Illustrated has taken a great deal of delight in they had a cover two years ago with Jose Altuve on the cover and it said your 2017 World Series champs, the Houston Astros. And I'll be damned if they didn't nail it. Um it's 
it's um, the thing about spring training to me is, first of all, it's not spring until about the tail end of it. It's the only sport that doesn't call what it is, what it is. It's training camp. It's free in training camp because when they're working out on February 26th, it's not spring. It's still winter. I don't give a damn where, what state of the union you're in or what weather conditions. It ain't spring yet. It's um, raining here, but, brother. Well, it rained here, but there's snow on the ground. So, um, And there's freezing rain expected in certain parts of, of this area of the country. But anyway. Um, so I'm always excited, you know, you see those, you see the B roll of guys working out, you know, guys who change teams, you know, playing long toss and shorts and their t-shirts and they're getting ready. It always reminds you that, that, that that's coming up. Um, so that's always nice, but, uh, I, I don't really get excited about baseball until after the trade deadline anymore. So I got something for you. You know, we won't talk about my Northsiders picking up you, Darvish, um, just yet. Um, I wanted to find out what your what you thought about former Yankee Derek Jeter taking over uh, the Marlins and making some crazy moves um, to basically clean house, and then responding by saying, "We basically haven't been winning with the guys that were on the field, so we need to make some change." Um, that is verbal justification. Let me, let me, you know how on, uh, Sunday NFL countdown, they do explanations and they'll show a clip from a coach and Rex will be like, this means my quarterback's no good. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to give you the uncle Rob's explanation on what the captain shortstop number two said, I'm going to do whatever the hell I want. <laughs> We're going to suck. You're going to buy the tickets. Stadium, you already pay for the stadium. We're going to get some dudes, and if we're lucky, we'll start winning. And if not, somebody will buy the team for me, and me and my group will make a lot of money. So there you go. There you um, go. I, everybody wants to crucify them, and, and semi-justifiably so. It's, it's kind of like when LeBron took his talent to South Beach and everybody hated him for a while. It's, it's uncomfortable for me. As a guy who's a Yankee fan and, and watched that guy play here as a minor leaguer, and you could kind of see he had something. I did. I think it was going to ultimately be a Hall of Fame career, World Series MVP, All Star Game MVP, and five rings. No, uh, but he had something, and that was a special time in the history of that franchise. Um, I was just thinking this this morning. I was brushing my teeth and Tammy, my wife had asked me something about uh, uh, a football related question. And, and I was like, my goddaughter, Mallory, uh, my best friend, Greg and his wife's daughter will be 18 in May. And in her entire lifetime, the most successful NFL franchise has been the new England Patriots. And if you were to go back 18 years prior to when she was born because she was born in 2000. So you roll that back to what's that? 1982 is the most successful NFL franchise from that point 
to the moment when she was born would have been the 49ers and the Cowboys because they would won five Super Bowls. Both of them had won five Super Bowls. So it's just, it's a question of timing. Um, I don't know that, that putting a professional baseball franchise in South Florida was the smartest thing that MLB had ever done. Um, I, I think it was a money grab because everybody else had teams there. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know if that's ever going to work. Um, I feel bad for the people of, of that area for having been robbed of tax money to build a stadium that nobody really wanted. Um, but I, I don't know. It's just, I don't understand it. And, and, Jeter kind of knew going in that they were going to have to move some salary. And it's a, it's a great big salary dump. You remember when they won their first title in 97, they started selling guys the next day. Um, they had all those guys. They, what they did was they built a mercenary roster to win a title to get everybody all excited. And then they started breaking it down. Uh, you know, Sheffield ended up, leaving and it was just it was I had never seen anything like it uh in all my life as a sports fan the championship team being broken up like uh during the parade uh, <laughs> like Darren Dalton got released or got traded while they were during the parade um the only other time I'd ever seen that happen was the 1989 expansion draft in the NBA when the Timberwolves took uh Rick Mahorn, and he find out, found out when they were at the Palace in Auburn Hills celebrating winning that title. Um, I, it's, I don't know what's going to happen ultimately. I don't know if this is – if in 15 years you may have a situation where the Marlins franchise will, in fact, end up back in Montreal for all we know. Yeah, I mean uh, – I don't know. When you get an ownership group, I mean, you can talk all of you want about Jeter um, – you know, knowing baseball and this is his first foyer foyer or wow. Um, into, um, front office is what I'm trying to say. And, you know, it's a lot different than being on the field, you know, when you got to make some these decisions and especially when you're answering to an ownership group that wants to make money, you know, obviously it's all about straight cash, homie. Everything is, it's, it's never just about winning, um, they want to, you know, get some return on their investment as well. And like you said, you know, you can't get that return on your investment if you're in Miami like you could in a place like Chicago or New York or Los Angeles uh, where, the, you know, there's so much television money and there's so much of a fan base that's so loyal and it's ingrained in the, the fabric of the, the city. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I could see Miami – picking up and going somewhere else, uh, in 10 years. Um, but if that is indeed the case, can we both agree that they strip that stadium of all the baseball related elements and give it to the U? Oh, please, <laughs> please. That would be fantastic. Since they built it on the old side of the OB, can, can we give it back? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right, so in a, in a couple of weeks, we'll uh, we'll have a better feel for what our Major League Baseball preview block will look like. Not that we're going to have it in a couple of weeks, but at least we'll at least see some people throwing the ball around and playing catch. 
Uh. <laughs> <laughs> this we know for sure. The Reds will suck, uh, and so will the Padres. Yes, this is. Uh, I'm, I'm going over under seventy six for the Padres. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna set the over under for wins for them at seventy one and a half. I'll take the over this year. All right. They improved by six uh, games last year, and that would put them in the over. Look at you. You're San Diego Padre. Yeah. <laughs> Mine, yeah, okay, for right now. Nobody's thrown a ball yet. <laughs> Heard that a lot last year, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, look, my guys got to game seven of the ALCS, and I'm still trying to figure out how. And then, you know, we need pitching, and so we signed Giancarlo, we trade for Giancarlo Stanton. Okay, exactly. he can get you 27 out. Exactly. Look, you can you can hit a bunch of home runs and win in the regular season. Ask the 1995 Cleveland Indians what happened in the postseason. They lost game six on a one-hit shutout. Tom Glavin, how you doing? Um, I'm, I, I can't even do it. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> I'm not. Um, Olympic will, update real quick. There, there has been an Olympic started in a foreign country. Pyeongchang. Um, yes, <laughs> South Korea. Um, the dirty, dirty South Korea. The dirty, dirty. Is it on 95? No. Um, the, <laughs> the United States struggles in these winter events, uh, seemingly, uh, except for things that are involved professional athletes. Um, they, There's no fast twitch involved. They did, they, they they, they did their pick up their advantage. second medal. Uh, their their first medal was in uh, what was that in uh, snowboarding? Yeah, slope style. Thank you. Um, Red Gerard, who's a seventeen year old, stands about five five, um, pulled a snowboard out of his backside and um, beat two Canadians uh, for the gold, and then just recently. Uh, somebody won silver in a men's singles luge. Um, Chris Madzer. Well, we're off and running now. So we're only, you know, six behind Norway, where they have snow twenty four seven. Three sixty five. Exactly. <laughs> so there's your Olympic update. <laughs> I, no, like you said, going back to hockey, you think you like you like the U.S. and women. Well, yeah, I like the U.S. I like women. Oh, do you do, women do, do you like? <laughs> yeah, I, I I want what everybody wants. I want the, the North American final, and I want to feed Canada some. Uh, and I'm interested to see how the men's tournament goes without the pros. Should, um, yeah, that'll be interesting. Because it'll be the first time since '94 that uh, the NHL players haven't been involved in Olympic hockey. And uh, we're looking at, we're on to the, it was the 38th anniversary of, of miracles. Miracles do happen. Yeah. Um, and for a lot of people, myself included, that was the first time they ever really watched hockey on TV. And um, I didn't know this until I read it. Um, that game against the, the, so the former Soviet Union, was on tape delay. They played it in the middle of the afternoon and didn't get shown until um, they showed it in prime time. Because if you watch the replay of it on ESPN Classic when they air it for the anniversary every year, 
after the game ends and the handshake line, um, they go to the interviews with some of the guys and it's dark outside. They're wearing those uh, Levi's coats that, that they had with the oh yeah the, with the, the cowboy hats and stuff. Yeah. And uh, they're just standing on the streets of Lake Placid. And then what everybody forgets is they still had to beat Finland to win the gold. If Finland had tied the U.S., the U.S. would have gotten silver then. Um, but it, it's, it's been a long time, and it would be great – because there is just a, a tremendous glut of young talent playing ice hockey in the United States now, and it'd be nice to see those guys win one for a uh, win one for those dudes. Um, but and I'm still trying to figure out how the NHL didn't capitalize on all the momentum that hockey had at the end of that 1980 Winter Olympiad. And I remember, and and this is what I was getting to before. Apparently, NBC in the 70s, and I don't know if you even know this, because um, you're way smarter than I am, but uh, <laughs> they they had kind of done what uh, Canada does. They had Hockey Night in Canada. NBC was doing a weekly uh, NHL game of the week, and the contract for that ran out after the 78-79 season, because um, there was a lot of complaining that they were only getting Canadian teams, and, and um so rather than redo, re, you know, extend that contract so that you could show the early stages of the Gretzky administration and the Islanders dynasty, nobody picked it up and hockey kind of fell off. And then the next time anybody was talking about Olympic hockey with Pat LaFontaine and those guys in 84, and they got just housed, um, and the U.S. hasn't won gold since. Uh, two gold medals in, in men's Olympic ice hockey, 1960 and 1980. And, uh, you know, the Russians won everything from after World War II to 1976. In, and I'm going to do this because I can. In Innsbruck, Austria, by the way. Um, and they won at Sarajevo. Uh, won at Sarajevo in 84. Uh, they won again in 88. They won again in 92. And then one again in 94, I believe. 88 was Calgary. Uh, 92, Albertville. And 94 was Lillehammer. So, um, and then the first time they did win after that was in Nagano when the Czech Republic won after the Republic had fallen. So, yeah. so U.S. women's hockey team came all the way. Yeah, you did. You, you went all the way there. <laughs> uh, Thank you very much. <laughs> U.S. women's hockey came back and beat Finland 3-1 in their opener. Um so they're off to a decent start. Interesting. Did you know, speaking of going back to earlier in the show, uh, and, you know, I will throw out a defense for my um, Rooney comment. Do you know that this year the U.S. has the first African-American on their hockey squad? I did not. Yes. His name it, is... Um, what is his name? I, I just know the, the fact. I, I don't know the name yet. <laughs> he needs to score a goal. Well, we, um, you know, the Blue Jackets have Seth Jones, who got into hockey because his father, Popeye Jones, was playing for the Denver Nuggets. And he wanted to try it, and he took to it, and he ended up getting drafted in the top five or six. Jo- Jordan Greenway. Okay. Boston University student. Really? Yep. 
Well, they, okay. they play hockey there. Yeah. They also, they also play hockey at Ohio State, who beat number one Notre Dame 5-1 the other night. For those of you keeping okay. track on the Big Ten Network because there was nothing else on. Right. That's, yeah. That's what they do when there's no football on it. They show the non-revenue sport. Um, so I, I, I'm just I'm excited for the the, the crescendo of basketball seasons coming. We've got um, we've got the first major of the golf seasons on the horizon. We've got Serena Williams returning to Fed Cup play. We've got a lot of things coming down the pike. Hey, when she comes um, back to play, we need to have Jamie Foxx on singing uh, his cat suit song. <laughs> Tennis ball. Yes. Didn't we? We did Grand Slam ball for my ex-wife we Maria Sharapova. We did, but that that uh, is Jamie Foxx singing tennis ball is fantastic. Do it slow or do it fast. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, I think we've done as much damage as we can do. I think so. And you know, we're we're approaching the the witching hour in in Ciba, so. Um, oh, good lord! We'll let you go. Anything you're looking forward to in the next uh, next two weeks in college basketball? Um, let's see. I'm interested to see if we figure out if anybody's any good. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm with I, you there. I'm, full disclosure: um, since I got married, uh, I I don't watch as much. I I don't just sit around and watch games or turn games on and do whatever I'm doing anymore. Um, so I don't watch a lot. Uh, we watch a lot of Carolina games together. Um, she's become a ride or die Carolina fan. I noticed on, date, on Facebook, which I, I lost my mind, but well, because because her team started, is actually good for once, right? Um, she when we started dating, it was when the guys who were seniors on the Carolina championship team last year were freshmen. So she loves Kennedy Meeks and those dudes and. Um, she she watched that that group grow up. So she was watching the Duke game on Thursday night. She's she's looking for her next favorite guy. She loved Kennedy. So um, well, I'm interested to see if, if the win over Duke propels North Carolina to you know back to a, a title defense um, because they've well, been I, they've been up I, and down all year. They're they're clearly not as good, and uh, I like Marshall's post on my Facebook page. He goes, "Nothing impressed me except for maybe uh, Barry." And I said, "We're not as good." But you don't have to and, be as good as last year because I mean, look at look at what's out there. I think look, I, I always because they go to the Sweet Sixteen almost like it's their birthright. They get to the sixteen, and I've said this on the show before. If they get out of the first weekend, they get to the 16, and then they win their game in the Sweet 16, and they're in the eight. I'm like, okay, we're halfway to the thing. I want the thing. And then they win the game in the eight, they get to the final four. I was like, okay, now we got to win the thing. And in 2016, they got to the championship Monday. Marcus Page takes a double clutch. Don't take that. Okay, it's good. I'll take it three. And then they lose. And then I had to suffer with that all year. And then they won. And now I'm in a spot as a fan. Um, you had to I can't suffer. A... You had to suffer. <laughs> wow. You, wow. You dude, I'm, under... playing a, I'm playing a violin, dude. Do you have any idea, just people talking junk? I got people in Chicago, I got friends in Chicago that are Villanova alums. And if you, if you go back and look, I, I was really – I congratulated them. It was a great win for them, but I died a little. Um, and, and 
I, I told everybody last year and that all I wanted was those last six. We die a little and, every day. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. I know. I know. But when you haven't been to the tournament in years, because, you know, for whatever reason, ask, you know, enter team name here. Uh, could be six one four team. It couldn't. It might not be. Um, you know, getting to the Sweet Sixteen is not your birthright, <laughs> unless you're talking about the CBI. <laughs> well, and, and one of the things I say about Ohio State in basketball is, if you're a good basketball school or a football school, you shouldn't suck in basketball because yeah, there, there's enough of those dudes to go around. Yeah, and the revenue's pouring in. I, I just I don't understand how that happens. But, um, he's I, I think the job that that coaching staff has done with this roster and these kids is nothing short of amazing. Um, I, I did like that that Holman threw out a shout out to Mata uh, after they beat Purdue because right. you know I mean Mata put this team together whether you know the previous couple of years notwithstanding. You know, he did recruit these guys, and Holtman just came in and, you know, pushed a couple of buttons and, you know, recruited somebody named Dockich <laughs> as a grad I, I transfer, think, and away they go. Well, it kind of reminds me of the 99 team. Yeah. Uh, 98, they were garbage, and Scooney Penn and those guys come in, and then they go to the Final Four, um, even though the banner's not Vacated, hanging up. Vacated, yeah, exactly. Um, it's kind of me the same thing. If you remember that team, that team didn't play anybody any good until the Sweet 16, and they were a four seed. They beat a really halfway decent Auburn squad. Yeah. And then, Wasn't then that with Porter? To, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what's crazy is Scooney Penn is uh, on, on this coaching staff. Yeah. So, so. he knows. Yeah, exactly. I, I think they're in the midst of a really special season, and it, it, it wouldn't break my heart to see them playing on uh, Monday night in April and cutting the nets down. That would be pretty cool. It's so funny, too, because the, the, the potential is there if they get the right draw, but the potential is also there to, like, you know, lose in the first round. <laughs> right. That's, it's, it's a wide-open field. And it, um, I think I, that's – it's like that for a lot of teams except for, you know, a handful. Right. Um, and Well, not even a handful. It's more like a – Maybe one. <laughs> right. But, All right, let's get out of here. Always a pleasure, sir. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, good to talk to you. We'll, we'll, we'll catch up with everybody in a couple of weeks. He's Rob Havner. He's Jeremy Lynch. It's the Robin Mob Show. Be good, everybody. Um, a limited love to you all. We out.